welcome to Cup Cubby Blue. Your the Cubs lost a meaningless series to the Brewers, but there is big news in baseball where a card check election is underway in minor league baseball to unionize the minors. Let's go. I am here for it home for Cubs news updates and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, and you can find us wherever you get your podcast by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. If you like the show, leave us a five-star review and a rating because it helps other people find the show. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs. I write about Justin Steele. I write about labor issues at at Bleed Cubby Blue, and I am joined, as always, by a unionized member of the Cup of Cubby Blue faculty, the one and only Danny Rocket. How's it going, Danny? Well, it's going great. Yeah, you probably hear my phone ringing in the background there. A- Amazon's going to deliver me something, and it's about to get soaked by rain because I'm doing this podcast and not going down there to get my Amazon delivery. Um, and I've been so busy lately because I've been trying to u- unionize Cubs podcasters. And I feel like uh, uh, that's really if we just stand our ground to, to uh, you know, the big wigs at uh, Bleed Cubby Blue, Al Yellen, that we could have our way and he'll let us unionize. And uh, and put the power back in the hands of the people. I think I think Al would be willing to unionize. I think that the the problems extend far beyond Al. Let's talk about the problems that the Cubs had in Milwaukee facing the Brewers first. Though we will get into all the union news uh, in a minute because that is the big news of the day. But the Cubs won the first game um, in this series, dropped the next two. I don't know, Danny. This team looks like a team that hasn't had a day off in a while, and the bullpen looks spent. That's that's my takeaway from these three games. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, listen, we almost got swept in my, you know, we played, the Brewers played so badly in that first game that we managed to win it with two hits. I mean, basically, Ian Happ won the game. Ian Happ single-handedly won the game. And other than that, we're the Cubs got no hit. Then they got shut out. And then in a sloppy, sloppy game where, I mean, Samson was just getting hit hard the moment he walked out there. Uh, yet you knew that that wasn't going to last. And then he got pulled for some weird roster move. Uh, even And by the way, it was working. The Brewers hadn't scored any runs. So like, it, so you remove a- Adrian Sampson out of that last game and, you know, David Loss, I, I mean, Ross kind of screws it up from that point. And, and I'm like, I don't know. This is everything went wrong that could. And that, and, uh, Things that went right went accidentally right. And thank God for you and half. Otherwise, we get swept this weekend. The Adrian Sampson thing is super weird. Al had a note uh, in his write-up of yesterday's game that, and, and I don't know why this would be true. So, like, take this note with a grain of salt. And, and to be clear, it's not from Al. It's from Gordon Whitmire. So maybe Gordon knows something on this that I don't. Um, that Sampson was pulled at 61 pitches and that somehow him being pulled early helped allow the Cubs to make a roster move for the Toronto series since they knew he was unvaccinated and wouldn't be able to go with the team. I mean, I suppose there's something timing wise that could have been going on there, but that doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Like you can make roster moves usually up to like right before the game, right? Can't like Samson and Steele are just going to be on the restricted list because they didn't get their COVID shots, which dude, you should get your COVID shots. But like, I don't understand why Samson throwing 61 pitches versus 93 pitches changes that dynamic. I guess there's some rule somewhere that if he had been a starting pitcher, which he was, and had gone at least four innings, that that you know that makes him now just a guy that had pitched, not somebody that can go on the restricted list for this reason. I, I guess they thought of this and crossed the T and dotted the I's and the and the Cubs got around it. Although it didn't work because. 
you know, so what? You get an extra roster spot because the guy went 3.1 innings instead of four innings and because they made up some arbitrary rule about going to Canada without a vaccine or whatever it is. And and now you exploit it, but you don't because you bring in uh, Homer McGee and who came in? It was who, Sean Newcomb. Sean Newcomb. Well, you know. And it was also was crazy. Homer McGee earlier in the series. Exactly. So Homer McGee comes in. He's pitching with his left hand. Doesn't matter. Four straight hits. The Brewers somehow to figure out how to learn uh, hit left, learn how to hit left-handed p- pitching out of the blue. And then all of a sudden, then you get the big flies, and then uh, it just all goes off the rails. I mean, uh, just sloppy. Sloppy baseball, fall training. It doesn't look, I mean, that game, I mean, it was like ugly. Yeah, this team did not look great at Wrigley North. I mean, I almost don't want to talk about much of it. Even the, even the Steele and Smiley, like the Steele and Smiley starts were both great. And then Justin Steele left with lower back tightness. And we found out that he can't go to Toronto anyway for hashtag reasons. And then Smiley also looked great. And then Rowan Wick just blew it. So it was kind of like, I don't know, man, I... Franmil hit a home run. Hap had a couple of dongs. Nico hit a home run. That was good. I, I don't have a lot to celebrate about. Also, I, I feel like you and I, or maybe other people who were talking about the demise of Christian Yelich, lit a fire under Christian Yelich, who in the last 10 games, six of which were against the Cubs, is batting 410. So Christian Yelich is back, and, and I'm sad about that. Yeah, well, I think Christian Yelich looked at Albert Pujols and said, I'll have what she's having <laughs> and, uh, and dipped into the fountain of youth. You know, it's according to the Cardinals broadcaster, it was just the all-star game itself that lit the fire under Pujols. So I'm sure just like that negative motivation of bleacher Jeff yelling at him from the left field bleachers about what happened to you and your MVP ways. I'm sure that was just enough to just motivate him. It has nothing to do with any substance that he's not being tested for, for the rest of the year or playing home games where they turn the fans on and they do. I felt it. I've heard them go on. Oh, Christian Yelich is up. The Brewers are up. Let's turn the fans on going towards the outfield. And all of a sudden the fountain of youth, there it is. Uh, uh, well, I know I, I'm Mr. Conspiracy theory. There's no way the Cubs could really be this bad. It's gotta be another reason. No, the Cubs are just terrible. Uh, that's okay, though, because good things are happening in and across baseball, even though Fangraphs has the Cubs projected at 71 wins, 71 and 91 finish for the Cubs as of today. Uh, but the big news broke late Sunday night, and I got to say, I did not see this one coming. The, the Major League Baseball Players Association is holding a card check in minor league baseball. And what that means is that every minor league baseball player who is not currently represented by the union Uh, There are some minor league baseball players who are represented by the union, and we'll talk about that in a second. But all the ones who are not currently represented by the union were given a brief little election card that just said, do you want to be part of the MLBPA? Yes, no. Apparently, according to June Lee over at ESPN, June broke the story. Great reporting by June. Make sure you go check it out. Uh, This has been under conversation in the majors for a while now, the players have been wonder have had ongoing conversations about whether or not they should incorporate minor league baseball players into the MLBPA for purposes of bargaining, for purposes of things like fair wages, for things like affordable housing, for things like all of the things that we who follow 
awesome groups like advocates for minor leaguers know are not being done for minor league baseball players right now who are paid less than minimum wage, who do not get paid for spring training, who have to work all these some like off season jobs to try to chase their dreams. Uh, Danny, I love this. This is so very much my jam and I am all over it. And I just have to believe, and we'll get into the, the nitty gritty details, but I have to believe that they know they have at least 50% of the minor league baseball players ready to sign and that they will sign before the off season because otherwise those are seasonal employees, man. Like it, it, it gets real hard to figure out who's on the payroll and who's coming back and where they're going to be next year. Otherwise I, they got to get this done before the end of the year. Yeah. I have so many conflicting emotions about it. I just want it to be done right. Um, I'm a member of two, well, it used to be three acting unions, uh, SAG-AFTRA, which merged, and Actors' Equity. And I work at a non-equity theater as a sound designer, and my fiancé is the the uh, uh, the artistic director of this this theater. And, um, it, you know, and it's a non-equity theater, so you, we can't use union actors. I couldn't even act in the shows that I'm in. So, like, when you talk about the way the MLBPA has been run and the way actors equity was run, it has been at least in practice in certain areas and definitely in the MLB, an exclusive club that is something that you aspired to as a performer to get in. But what it cut you out of was a lot of art and a lot of other things you could be doing. Um, and so it's just, it always it gets complicated how it all gets carved up. Like, what about the Chicago Dogs? Are they allowed to be in this baseball player union? How about the guys that go to Japan? Is that service time? Because it serves kind of as a minor leagues for the major leagues. There's like, there's just so much that goes into it. And now my union has changed. Like, Actors Equity will let anybody in. Anybody can join. Now, I cynically look at that and I'm like, oh, well, now this actor is never going to work again because there's really not that many union jobs in my union. And some of those union jobs, by the way, suck. They don't even pay that well because they've like dialed it back and dialed it back and dialed it back. And so, uh, you know, it's like the unions have had to give so much more over over the years. Even the baseball union, that's a powerful union. And my union is given so much back. And I just wonder, like, how they're going to carve it up if they expand into this. Like, is this something that's going to dilute the union or is it which I fear is going to happen in my union? Or is it something that's going to bring strength to all of us? And like, so it's going to it's a big sprawling thing. Uh, ultimately, you look at unions as being a positive thing as a worker because they tend to give people health care. They give you a pension. They make they make it so that you might get a reg, a regular raise every year, you know, and not and th that might be a cost of living increase, like because inflation is bad and housing goes up. So, you know, my concern is that this is done right and that it doesn't, I guess, harm overall unions cause in just simply being a way for individuals who work to have some power against the owners, but I'm on both sides. Like I'm also on the ownership side in that I run this theater with my fiance. Well, I don't run it. I work there, but like, you know, 
there's no way we could be underneath Actors Equity Houses in a 40-seat theater. We'd have to charge $100 a ticket to pay a union stage manager a bare minimum where nobody else would be getting paid. That's my union stupid-ass rules. Sorry to say ass, but, like, it's annoying, and it's only enforced in Chicago. It's not enforced in LA. It's not enforced in New York. So it's like, you know, there. I'm, I'm just hoping it's not like some weird power grab on the player's behalf. Uh, you know, I, so I don't know. I just really want to look at the details because the, the devil's in the details. And like, I can just see how it could get screwed up so easily because I've watched my union get screwed up over the course of 25 years of being in this union, two unions, three unions that became two. I, you know, it's just, Sorry to go off on that, but like I do have really strong opinions and actually my future depends on the strength of my union in many, many um, avenues and respects. Well, okay. So full disclosure, this is a 100% pro-union podcast in in many ways. I I was a member of teachers unions the entire time that I taught a proud member um, of my local affiliates for the National Education Association and and I think that teachers unions are are a net good. I understand the reasons that people have concerns about them. I still think they're a net good. Um, I think that places without unionization for teachers generally result in teachers getting paid substandard wages and working terrible hours and having awful curriculum decisions foisted upon them that that don't make any sense for students. And and most teachers um, are just looking to do the best job that they can for their students. And then they they have taken on a career. Uh, with graduate degrees that honestly like pays a fraction of what they would make in, in the private sector and, and, and we should support them in every way that we can. I think unions do that. Now, a couple of details from Danny's questions that I think we can hammer at. Like this is not for all baseball players everywhere. The Chicago Dogs and independent teams are not part of this. The, Jap- the players going over to Japan or Korea are not part of this. Right now, the MLB Players Association represents approximately 1,200 players. Most of the most of them are in MLB. They're the guys on the 26-man roster who you see playing on TV every single day. But the MLBPA also represents the men on the 40-man roster, those, those players who are uh, the guys that can be called up and down throughout the year or who are being protected from the Rule 5 draft by being on the 40-man, those types of players. And, and, and a, a, a note to what you were saying, Danny, about like affordability and, and how costs can go up, I think that it's worth noting what those salaries are. And and I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I do know what the ratios were prior to the last CBA. So this may have changed slightly in the last CBA, but this will give you an idea of the type of compensation you get for being a member of the 40 man versus being a member of the 26 man. If you're part of the 26 man roster in MLB, you make the league minimum or you make a prorated amount of the league minimum for the number of days that you are on the 26 man roster. And that league minimum, I believe, now is finally right around $725,000. It used to be $576,000, but but it's a sizable it's a sizable sum. Um, and you either make that flat if you're on the 26 man for the entire year, or you make a prorated amount of that, depending on the number of days that you are on the 26 man roster. If you're on the 40 man and say you never get called up to the major league roster, you used to make 45 or $48,000 a year. I cannot remember which, uh, on top of your minor league salary. So that was like, you got your like $400 a week or whatever to play baseball, but you would also be guaranteed that you were going to make like a $45,000 a year salary on top of that. And the second year that you were on the 40 man, you got 90000 for your salary as opposed to that like tiny little pittance that everyone else is making. 
then outside of that 1200 man pool, right? And I use the word man here because like everybody in MLB right now <laughs> we know of, like that is that is a male industry. Like I'm sure there are some people who identify slightly differently, but like for what we know, it, it is a man pool at this point in time. Uh, outside of that, all the guys in high A ball, all the guys in low A ball, all the guys in double A, all the guys in triple A who are not on the 40 man roster, they have no representation at all. And those players are currently making less than minimum wage in many instances without housing allowances, without any sort of job security whatsoever, because MLB petitioned Congress to get exemptions for things like paying major minor league baseball players the league, the minimum wage during the course of their year. That's called the Save America's Pastime Act, which is a truly dystopian name for an act that is designed <laughs> to disenfranchise and pay people substandard wages. I mean, I think that the the thing that jumps out at me is, as like one of the most egregious, wow, this is so unfair things about the minor leagues uh, is that they go to spring training every year. These players go to Arizona or Florida for six weeks at a time and they don't get paid for those six weeks. It's called a tryout. Um, it's called an audition and they and MLB claims you should not get paid for auditions. But like, it's not like you have a choice at going, right? That is six weeks of your life that you have to just work for nothing. Uh, during that time, we have heard stories of MLB players bringing their old gear in so that the minor league players can pick out stuff that might fit them or that they could use during the course of the season because they, they have to buy their own gear. They have to pay, pay their own clubhouse dues. I mean, it really reminds me, I'm, I'm from a coal mining community. Uh, my dad was a coal miner and and I learned a lot about the history of the mines growing up. And it really reminds me of the old company store model, right? Like you work for the company store and the company and the company pays you a hundred dollars a week, but it takes $80 of it back in terms of like, and this is what it costs for us to launder your uniform. And this is what it costs for us to turn the fans on in the mine or whatever, right? So you only get like 20% of your pay by the time you actually get it. Now, MLB, when they figure out their comment, because my favorite part of this story that June Lee wrote last night is that MLB had no comment, which means they were clearly caught tremendously off guard by the card check election in the, in the minor league system, which, God, I would have paid money to see the look on Rob Manfred's face for that one. Uh, but the once MLB figures out their response, I think that they are going to realize that they have a tremendous problem on their hands, because even with improvements and things like affordable housing allowances, players are getting better housing and better, more amenities tacked on to their minor league experience than they had in years past through the work of people like advocates for minor leaguers. Um, MLB is going to realize that that was not enough to stave off what is coming. Because if you are a minor league baseball player who makes under $2,000 a month chasing your dream and you're trying to piece stuff together and most of your money is going to the company store, it's a no-brainer to sign that card check. Like, it's it, obviously you would sign that card check. Uh, the word on the street last well, night was that all of the people who were working for advocates for minor leaguers, who do great work, by the way, go follow them on Twitter, um, they are all being absorbed into the MLBPA staff as we speak. So they will be working directly for the MLBPA on this organizing effort. And then the last thing I'll say, Danny, and then, then it's back to you, the, the threshold you need to keep in mind for this election, because it's real simple. It's like you get a card, you turn it in, that's it. Uh, 30%, uh, if 30% of minor leaguers return the card and say, yes, we won in the union, a vote, ha an election has to happen at some point in the next few years. If 50% plus one turn in their card and say, yes, we won in the union, the National Labor Relations Board can voluntarily recognize 
they could agree that, yes, we'll just like recognize you. Now, that would require Major League Baseball's consent. And, and I guarantee Major League Baseball will not consent <laughs> to a voluntary recognition of minor leaguers in the union. Um, but if 75% plus one turn in their cards, yes, the NLRB can force Major League Baseball to recognize minor leaguers as part of the MLBPA. And I don't know, man, 75% is a real high threshold and it's a hard thing to do when you're organizing guys who speak a bunch of different languages and have a lot of different experiences with labor and have a lot of different experiences. And they are about to get bombarded with messages from their major league affiliates about how this is going to hurt their chances and it's going to they're going to have to cut the minor leagues and they're going to have to cut pay for this and that and then and I I know what is coming and I hope they stand firm. Solidarity for minor leaguers. I am so here for this. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And and that is exactly what they're going to say is that we have to cut teams and uh, oh, the finances aren't the aren't right for this. And, you know, in many respects, you can kind of and I know a lot of the minor league teams are independently owned by not the teams that that they're affiliates of. They're just affiliates. So, like, you look around a minor league ballpark, it's pretty empty. They do all sorts of things to get people in to those uh, into the gates. Um it's like, I don't understand completely the profitability of some of these minor league teams, but the fact that there's not some sort of like a larger profit sharing from the major league squads to the minor league teams that are affiliated with them uh, to make sure that their p- players are properly paid and to treat them like seasonal employees is really quite dishonest given that you have to train year round the days of, Oh, the guy went home and ate mama's cooking and came back 30 pounds overweight and ran it off in, in March in, uh, in uh, Arizona, those days are long past us. And so there's, and, and, you know, it behooves major league baseball to, to think about the care of their athletes all the way through. And to be known as a world-class organization, like I went down and visited the Cubs Dominican Academy and you know, it apparently it was shamefully horrific the the conditions before they built the new academy, and now it looks really nice. It looks like pretty much a resort. Now they'll sign you for a pittance at age sixteen, and then own you for the next I don't know, maybe even fifteen years, like Wilson Contreras. But uh, you know, at least while you're there, you're getting fed, you have a nice place to stay, you're getting school, all that stuff. But uh, you know, I just wonder because. You're talking about people, like you said, from different languages, different countries, um, different experiences with what a union means. I feel like you also have a lot of of very conservative baseball players um, from conservative backgrounds. I mean, you look at where a lot of players come from, Texas and Florida. It's usually the South, you know, where you can play baseball year round. So I'm curious as to what lip service this is going to get from both sides and any Anything that makes all unions stronger, I am completely and utterly for. Um, the way I've seen it get carved up and the goalposts continue to move within the union, that's been problematic for what I've seen. Um, let me just give you one example. Um, union dues up to $100,000 that you make under a SAG-AFTRA, and they, the news numbers might have changed recently. I have to pay like 2.5% of my, uh, my dues into, into, well, into, of my salary into that 2.5% to maybe get healthcare, still have a premium, all that stuff. It didn't used to be a premium and stuff. If over a hundred thousand dollars, and maybe that number's higher now. So 
it, it, all that money above it, they're paying 0.5%. So Brad Pitt makes $18 million on a film. He's paying 0.5%. Meanwhile, my premium on my health care keeps going up, and I'm a paying middle-class union guy just trying to get one more year for investing in the pension. So it's like the way they carve things up can really be problematic when you start like making the sausage. So I just, I just really hope that the details of this really do provide equity to players. And I would like to see it expanded internationally, international workers union. I would like to see that because this is an international sport. So why a guy isn't getting service time so that maybe he can get a pension when he's old, when he, the best job he finds is in Korea and that team can pay in too. Maybe everybody could be a part of it. I mean, that is really what solidarity should be. It should be international in an international global society in a global game. Um, you know, I, I would like to see it even more expansive, Ex- include the Chicago dogs, include these guys and have different tiers of contract by which you can uh, work under. The only way to make it fair is if these guys open up the books and prove to us what the economics of it is. And that oh, Chicago dogs owner says he can't afford to have union guys on his team. Well, show us that that's the truth, that you're not walking away with a third vacation house while you pay these guys, you know, a thousand bucks a week to ride the bus all over the place and call them season. Not even a thousand bucks a week. Right. I mean, five hundred. They're getting half of that. So anyway, yeah. so I, sorry, I have, just, I have so many opinions on it because I've been so mad at my own union for so long and also benefited from my union many times that I just I, I, my head spins when this kind of thing happens because I really just am sad about capitalism. <laughs> so <laughs> capitalism in general makes me sad. So the carving up of capitalism makes me even sadder. Yeah, but the unions are the only are the only tool that workers have You're right. to get their fair share in capitalism. Like without unions, we would all still be working 15-hour days for pittance in the factories and it would it would be a disaster while the while the robber barons took home all of the profits, right? Like all of the all of the good things that we think about vacation paid paid vacation, a 40-hour work week. Like having some time with your families, healthcare, pensions. I get none of that stuff, All, by the way. Right. Zero well, of but, these things. I but the reason get. that we don't get these things anymore is because unions have been weakened. Unions have been weakened substantially over the last 30, 40 years in this country. And frankly, like I am here for this resurgence of unionization that is happening right now. You've got your Amazon workers, your packages, your Amazon workers are trying to unionize, your Starbucks workers are trying to unionize, yeah. you have college faculty trying to unionize. And now we finally have minor league baseball players trying to unionize and we will be following this story really closely um a couple of accounts that you should certainly be following if you are not already if this is your jam too and you want to know more about this eugene friedman on twitter he is at the at the council for the air traffic controllers union but he's also a baseball fan and so he comments on labor from time to time he's a wicked smart guy and he's the guy that i go to with my questions you should you should definitely give him a follow if you are looking for information here. And then Evan Drellick over at The Athletic and June Lee over at ESPN are both doing a great job covering the story. They will be on top of it. If you want more updates, you should follow them there. We'll certainly be talking about it here. We need to take a quick break for our sponsors who 
you know, may or may not support Danny and my effort to form the Cup of Cubby Blue <laughs> Union someday. But uh, on the flip side, we have a lot of good stuff left. We're going to talk about the Julio Rodriguez contract extension. It's, it's a unique deal. It might set new standards for what contract extensions could look like for young stars. We're also going to preview a three-game trip to Canada where the Cubs will be taking on the Blue Jays minus Justin Steele and Adrian Sampson, who are not allowed in Canada. But first, a quick break for our sponsors. And we are back. I want to talk about this Julio Rodriguez extension because I love it. I think it's exactly the type of deal that major league players should be making with their young stars. And frankly, I am sort of stunned that a deal like this hasn't happened before. So so the risk with young contract extensions, it, it, it is Fernando Tatis Jr., right? Like you give your young star $350 million for the next 14 years and all of a sudden a 22-year-old is getting hurt on his motorcycle and he's not getting surgery and then he's got PED problems and now you've lost two years of those deals and you still owe the kid a ton of money. But the, the risk to players is equal, right? Like you have the Ronald Acuna deal where Ronald Acuna signed a very team-friendly contract that is going to underpay him for the vast majority of his most productive years. That's like a $110, $115 million 10-year deal. It's like, no, Acuna, no. What I love about this Rodriguez deal is it kind of, it, it, it combines both of them in a series of incentives that allows Julio Rodriguez to potentially become the highest paid player paid player in baseball if he hits certain milestones, but also sets a floor where the Mariners are going to get a good player for a very long time at a fair price. And so, and so the contract is scoped so that there is a baseline that Rodriguez will make no matter what that would be fair and team friendly. But if he gets MVPs awards, if he gets like certain vote thresholds, if he does certain things, he could make up to like $470 million. Danny, I love this deal. I want more contract extensions like this. I don't know why this hasn't happened sooner. Yeah. I mean, it's the, the 210 million is the least it'll be. It guarantees that. So, um, and that, that's a good chunk of change, but the fact that it could be more than double that it, on the incentive base, that does make a lot of sense because yeah, I don't know what it is about the, I mean, we've seen it so many times in baseball, the, the guy finally gets the money and then it's just, it, it never lives up to that money. And, and I don't think it has any thing to do with like, oh, well, we pay him so much that he should do better because that's impossible to do. But there might be something psychologically that happens with some people when you give them a lot of money and it changes their life significantly um, and everybody and the life of everybody around them, that it just changes their priorities because you've made it. I've seen it happen uh, in a Broadway show before that I was in that some guy just, you know, it's big head syndrome. All of a sudden they, they just think they're the greatest person in the world and they start acting bigger, too big for their britches. I don't know if that'll happen. It's kids 21 years old. He's just guaranteed 210 million bucks. Um, yeah. I mean, it's strong, talented player. I, the Cubs should do, they should have done it probably. I mean, they did it with Rizzo. They did it with Hendricks a little bit later in a weirder way or not the exact same way as this because um and the, julio rodriguez's contract is much longer than rizzo's was right we just basically bought out his arbitration year plus a couple yeah that, and that's been kind of the standard deal that a lot of teams have done is that they do like the buy out the arbitration years and then they just see what happens and the player usually hits free agency julio rodriguez is uh guaranteed 
guaranteed, and I think this is important, more than double, this is according to Ken Rosenthal, by the way, I'm reading this from The Athletic, so this is not me, this is Ken Rosenthal. Uh, Julio Rodriguez is guaranteed more than double what the Braves gave Ronald Acuna Jr. and will probably end up with more than triple. The minimum he can earn is $209.3 million, um, which is more than the pre-arb guarantee to Acuna of $100 million. Um, and I think it's a four, it's a potentially 14-year deal. No, it's potentially 16-year deal um, that could see him up to well over the $400 million mark, $440 million mark. I so yeah, like this is, I mean, I love this. I think this is exactly what teams should do. I'm, I'm honestly stunned that there hasn't been another deal scoped like this where it's like, yeah, yeah we'll give you a baseline where you're going to make, you know, $10 million for the next 15 years. And, and, and if you earn more than that, because you're just you amazing and you win a bunch of MVP awards and stuff, we will pay you what you would have made in free agency for those MVP awards. Like that seems like a no brainer deal to me for the team and for the franchise. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough to say that it's a smart move to put all your eggs in one basket in one player. Um, you know, as but only if you use that player, if you, this is a screw up and if Julio Rodriguez, you know, loses a foot in a motorcycle accident, knock on wood, spit it out. Dear but God. I'm saying, I know, but you know what I'm saying? Any, anything can happen. You, I mean, don't ride seen, motorcycles, Julio. Well, I mean, we just seen a lot of things happen. <laughs> like, you know, the, and, and anything could happen. You, you could just, you know, sprain his, his knee, you know, blow out a knee. Like we don't know. Schwarber blew out his knee, like on a freak play when he shouldn't even have been in the outfield. Like we don't know. This guy's a center fielder. He's running all around, you know, like anything could happen. So I'm just saying, let's say the deal is a bad deal. And, um, it's all I don't mind it at all as long as the Mariners don't cry about it forever and never spend again like just because you did this here does not mean you Mr. Billionaire are now off the hook if this doesn't work out you don't get to cry for 10 years because that's what we saw with the Cubs that's exactly what we've been seeing oh well you know we got this Hayward contract hanging around our neck so you were just gonna have to tank for like at least two three years it, it's a it's a soft reset no it's not a rebuild like no you're not allowed to do that Mariners could do it because they're the Mariners but if this was the Cubs and like they they made a mistake in a contract like this let's say they I mean I don't think Nico Horner is gonna get this kind of money but let's say they do an extension with Nico Horner and it costs them too much and they screwed it up. And then they cry about it for the next 10 years. Cause they, uh, cause they made a bad move that they couldn't have known. That's not an excuse to not spend. So like, that's my fear. Uh, not to a uh, fear. I don't have a fear of this, but like, you know, it's just, they're always making up excuses not to spend. It's nice to see a contract like this. I, I hope it works out for them. I hope it works out for everybody. I hope the Mariners got a good deal. And I hope Julio Rodriguez, you know, is the happiest rich guy on earth. So. Yeah, I like it. I hope it, works. I hope it works out for everybody too. He is a fun, fun young player. Y'all will be keeping an eye on this one. And Jed Hoyer, take some notes, get Nico extended and, and, and extend Wilson Contreras. Come on. We got, we got some work to do over here. And it won't cost you this money. Right. You could do, you could do three guys for this money oh yeah absolutely <laughs> you, know I mean? you could do three guys for the like 200 million guarantee that julio's gonna get right yeah easily like easily all right let's talk about this blue jays Cubs series you know i'm looking i've got a piece that will be dropping at bcb later today looking at 
the home field advantage the Toronto Blue Jays have had this year that has nothing to do with the Rogers Center because of Canadian vaccination rules and the the stubbornness of some American baseball players in terms of getting their COVID shots. Every team that has gone to Canada this year has lost some guys off of their 26 man when they travel to Canada. And it's really just a question of who you lose and how important they are. The Blue Jays have a winning percentage at home of 563. They are a 500 team on the road. They are a much better baseball team at home, not just because they like playing in the Rogers Center, but because they are playing weaker competition at the Rogers Center. Every team has to bring up some random number of minor league guys to fill in some spots for dudes who wouldn't get the COVID shot. Now, for the Cubs, that's going to be Steele and Samson, who both just pitched in Milwaukee. So I, I don't know that it's going to impact the Cubs all that much they those guys wouldn't have thrown in this series anyway it's just going to be one of those things where we'll see a couple of couple of minor league arms that we haven't seen before but I do find it fascinating that the Blue Jays have ha- have taken the term home field advantage to another level this year yeah it's uh well it hasn't gone that well either I mean they fired their manager um they they played poorly against teams like Baltimore who we know are a lot better this year they played well against Boston, who maybe don't have how many unvaccinated players are on the Red Sox? Like all of them, are they Red going Sox, up there with like with half a team? I, I, it wasn't half a team. I think it was four or five. Um, the worst was the Royals. Man, the Royals lost like most of their starting lineup. <laughs> although they they've since traded all those guys, including what Merrifield, who will be playing in Toronto. So I'm guessing he got the shot after he got traded to Toronto. I guess he did. He might, he must have had to. Well, and here's the thing. It's like people are like, well, Canadians rules. Uh they're the same rules as the United States. If you are a foreign player and you are a don't are you're not a United States citizen, to come into the United States, you need proof of a vaccine as well. So well, our rules are no different than their rules. It's the same rules. Every single international player in Major League Baseball is vaccinated if they want to play in the United States. Well, if they left the United States during the offseason, uh, they needed to come back as a non-U.S. citizen. You need uh, to be fully vaccinated. So it's not any different. So the whole thing is a little bit ridiculous at this point um, that – that there's a couple holdouts like uh, Samson um, and Steele. It's just disappointing because, I mean, has nobody explained this to them? Like, you know, aren't they like looking around and seeing that all the other players are fine and they're having babies and <laughs> they're still healthy and they didn't have heart attacks or die six months later? Like maybe some misinformation had told them two years ago, like, uh, it's a little frustrating, but yeah. And the, uh, the Blue Jays haven't done enough with it because they're in third place. They're an average team. They have an average offense. They've got a Oh no, they've got a, an above average offense. They got an average um, uh, bullpen. They got an average defense. They they're, you know, just they're, they're not that good. I mean, they're good. They'd be in first place in the NL central. I guarantee it, but they're not good enough. I think to, for a deep playoff run, if they make it and aren't they the last they're tied for third wild card right now, right? Uh, I don't have the wild card standings up in front of me, but I, I will take right. your word on that. They uh, were look, yesterday, but yeah, then they got, I, just got swept. They got shut out twice, and they got swept uh, in uh, – who did they play? Forget who they played, but um, I'm looking it up right now. But, yeah, they just got swept. They're, they've been, I guess, a really streaky team. Uh, oh, the Angels. 
Joe Madden's angels swept him. At hey, home. Joe Madden was fired. So Joe Madden is oh, gone. Yeah. They're not Joe Madden's angels anymore. They're Artie All Moreno's right. angels. Okay. Well, Artie Moreno's angels just swept him, shut him out twice. And now Chicago comes in. So um, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But yeah, it's, uh, they're not that, they're not that great. Like this was my fear about the end of the year play in tournament uh, that we have now at the end of the year is that everybody just going to stand pat with their mediocre ball clubs and no deals going to get done. And then just a couple teams will just run away with it by being just the most dominant thing ever. And that's kind of like what we're seeing, like blue Jays. I mean, they did add, Whit Merrifield, which God, remember when he was supposed to be a Cub like eighty three times, and he never. Thank did. God the Cubs never traded for Whit Merrifield. I don't think that would have helped. I do, I don't know what would have helped back then. <laughs> I don't know. Ben Zobris not getting a divorce, and yeah, that would have yeah. helped. Um, yeah. Let's talk about probable pitchers for this series. Javier Assad will get the mound one more time. He was fine in his in his debut. Uh, he'll go up against. Uh, Javier Baez, his brother-in-law, Jose Barrios. Uh, Marcus Stroman will return to Canada. He's actually out tweeting right now how much he loves being back in Canada and how great the fans are. And I, I love Marcus Stroman's Twitter. I love that he's a Cubs so much. He'll go up against Kevin Gaussman, and then the Cubs will throw our old friend TBD up against Mitch White. Uh, so, you know, TBD on that one. Danny, well, what do you see it, in these pitching matchups? Well, TBD was supposed to be steel, so thanks a lot, Justin. You know, like, thanks. Way to way to let your team down. You know what I mean? Now they got to figure something else out. So it's just, well, it's a personal decision. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Steele. Like, I, I just, you, I lost respect for him now. You know, that sucks as a fan. Uh, so, yeah, Assad, I saw his debut. He did well, you know. Um, he kept his composure up there. He's got some hot stuff that he, that he throws in. If his cutter's working, which he plays off of, I, I hope I hope he finds success. Like, hopefully he that gave him some confidence. He comes out to Toronto and, and uh, you know, is it has a similar outing because it was pretty good. The Our bullpen's kind of beat up, which is, um, you know, another kind of tough thing. Thanks, Samson, for or David Ross, for allowing Samson to only pitch 66 pitches and then beat up our bullpen all weekend. So now uh, I don't know what you're going to do because you're going to have to piggyback a side at some point. Uh, it looks pretty rough. Um, Barrios is a pretty good pitcher, although not having a very good year. 528 earned run average on the year. Um, Stroman Gaussman, I would guess, would be the marquee matchup of this whole situation because I've never heard of Mitch White before. <laughs> and Stro needs to bounce back from his start against the Cardinals where he stunk. So, I mean, it was bad. He's bad against the Cardinals. There's a few teams Stro's really bad against. And it's not fun that he's bad against the Cardinals. Um, yeah, Mitch White, I don't know who this guy is. Um, but he was really bad against the angels and he gave up seven runs in five innings. So hopefully he can do that again because that would be good for the Cubs. It would be good for the Cubs. I would love to see the Cubs, uh, have a couple of offensive breakout games here. They haven't done that for a while. Their hot hitters list is pretty paltry at the moment. As, as a reminder, this goes back a, about five weeks is what I look at. So I went back to the last week of July and just did almost all of August inclusive and, and the only two guys with a WRC plus over 110 on the Chicago Cubs in that time frame are Ian Happ at 129 and Fran Mel Reyes at 124. No one else is over 110. So need the Cubs bats to wake up a little bit. The Blue Jays, on the other hand, have quite a few hot. Well, not quite a few. They have they have double the number of hot hitters that the Cubs have. Uh, you got George Springer uh, with a WRC plus of 198 in that time frame. Matt Chapman at 141. Vladito at 135 and Bobachet at 114. Could 
I'd like to see some offense, Danny. I, we didn't see a lot of offense in Milwaukee, and, and I would like to see some offense. Yeah, well, the the Blue Jays have a better one than we do. That's for sure. They're uh, fifth in OPS, eighth in homers, and they don't strike out much. Uh, the Cubs, you know, they're middling at best in almost every single offensive category. Um, Patrick Wisdom's out with, uh, his, I guess his pinky finger still hurts. Um, he's on the IL. So it, we lost a big bat there. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping Fran Mill, I mean, you know, the 200 hits you a bunch of home runs, bat 200 hits you a bunch of home runs show, like be exclusively a DH thing. I I don't know. You're going to have to, you're going to be having to hit a home run every three or four days for me to like this thing. You know what I mean? I, I, I'd like Fran Mill. I thought it was fun that like they showed that clip of him singing and he seems like a really fun guy. He's like a big teddy bear kind of looking dude, but like you got it. You have to hit a lot of home runs, dude. <laughs> Otherwise, it's not the whole makeup of you as a player is not good enough. Although, I mean, Franville came over, what, right around the trade deadline, right? So Yeah, this... he got DFA'd. Okay, so this, this slash line for him that I've got from the last week of July to now should basically be his time with the Cubs. He's slashing 280-304-520. That's... 280 with three home runs, Danny. Like, I think that's pretty good. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm happy with that. I just, I don't buy that that 280 is going to stay there. I mean, he, he he hit the, he hit two triples. The only two triples of his career. Like He has that, four triples if, in his career. Two of okay. them with the Cubs, two of them with the other, however many years of his career. Yeah, okay. So, I'm just saying, yeah. He's not yeah. very fast. He's a big guy. He, not, he had that stand-up double yesterday, and he was lumbering, and I was like, oh, my God, don't get don't get hurt, big man. Yeah. No, I mean, I like Fran Mill, but he doesn't play the field. So I'm just saying that, like, this bat has got – I mean, he's batting 228 on the season. Like, the, did he come through and have a resurgence on his changes, classic change of scene guy? Might have worked out great. I'm just saying, like, I want – I want a tear. I've been saying this about Suzuki too. Like I need somebody to go on a tear here. Like the dude hit 37 home runs back in 2019. That's the juice ball. But without the juice ball in 2021, he still hit 30. He's way off of that pace right now. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I would like to see, I would like to see a run from quite a few of these guys. I'd love to see some of these bats get hot and, and the Cubs to take a couple of these games from the Blue Jays, if, if for no other reason than, than watching Cubs victories is, is more entertaining than watching Cubs losses. Danny, if the Cubs manage to win some of these games, where can people find you and your takes about this team? At Sunranto on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. S-O-N-R-A-N-T-O. You can find Danny at, at Sunranto. You can find me and all of my baseball takes, including my absolutely ecstatic posts about all of this unionization driving in the minor leagues. Like, go support your minor leaguers, y'all. Like, figure, like, Follow the MLBPA, follow the players who are retweeting the card check election. Like this, this is historic, historic stuff. Major League Baseball has the best players union in sports and expanding it by more than double would be truly historic. And I'm here for it. You can find me talking about all of that at, at BCB underscore Sarah. You can find everything about the show and the things that Danny and I talk about related to it at the podcast account at Cup of Cubby Blue. And you can find our writing at bleedcubbyblue.com. Until next time when we're hopefully celebrating some Cubs victories against the Blue Jays.